Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Beware of the backslide is what we're going to preach this morning. I put that in your head right off the bat. First thing I want to do, though, is I want to show you a video, or actually two videos, same order as the last service, guys. And if you may, you may or may not have seen this on the podcast, but I want you to just watch these two short videos. One of them's from uh, The Blaze or Glenn Beck, and the other one is from Rebel News. And I just want you to consider what is going on on these screens in light of the message today. Play that first one for me, guys. President of the EU, uh, not a scary organization at all. I've always loved the European Union, haven't you? Just mm. the precursor to one world government. It's just, it's awesome. And to hear the president of the EU explaining how you in Europe can get your life back to normal in that German accent she has, that just sounds so soothing to me. Um, here's what she says uh, is important to get your life back here. Here she comes. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good to see you. Before you? Easter, we promised mm -hmm. to the Europeans that we will do everything possible so that they can gain back um, some normality when uh, planning for their uh, well-deserved summer holidays. So on Monday, the mm -hmm. European Parliament and the European Council mm -hmm. signed the regulation for the EU digital COVID certificate. Oh, it is applicable from the 1st of July on, but if you want to as a member state, you can sign up early voluntarily. And that's what Belgium did. Oh, Belgium, well, Belgium allows did it. as of today um, to uh, travel with a certificate, mm -hmm. and they issue travel these with certificates. Their certificate. And here sure. is mine. So everyone who is fully vaccinated mm -hmm. or tested negative right. or has recovered from COVID can get one. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have right now 15 member states that have already signed up. And from the 1st of July, all 27 member states have to apply these EU digital mm -hmm. certificates for the COVID. Mm -hmm. I am planning now to start my tour through 27 member states for the next generation EU, our um, recovery and resilient plan. And I'm very curious to test and to see how this certificate will work. Thank you. That's wonderful. All right. That is now, great. She so, held hers up. Can I just take a picture of that? And, can uh, I use hers? Yes. Is that okay? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. So essentially what she's saying is uh, you must have your papers. <laughs> They'll be digital, but you must have some. We have a maze of making you have your papers. Please. You know what's so funny about it is, is that you have, that's the president of the EU representing, I don't know how many nations, 15 have already signed up for the precursor to the mark of the beast. And I love how they come out and they say, you know what, we're going to offer you some semblance of normality back. In other words, we're going to offer you some semblance of your regular life back, the very life that we stole. We are now going to delve out as we see fit over a period of time to give you your life back. 
And you see, I expect the Democratic Party and the left worldwide to acquiesce to that. But judgment begins at the house of God. And why is it that the church has capitulated to that? Why is it that basically at Foundation Church and probably three other churches in all of America today is anybody, and I know I'm exaggerating, there's a few others, and covering all of America and all of Canada, why is it that hardly any church in America is talking about that? You know why? Because they're afraid of how much they'll lose by talking about it. That's what happens with everybody. They won't speak the truth because what the truth will cost them. Whether it's politics, conservative punditry, lots of conservatives, they won't talk about the true COVID death count, which is not 680,000. It's about 50,000 people have died of COVID in the United States, about 50,000. That's about it. That's the truth. Otherwise, explain to me why we have 2.9 million people die per year. 2.9 million people die in the United States per year. Everybody knows that, right? That's what died in 18. That's what died in 19. So in order for 600,000 people to have died in 2020 of COVID-19, then the overall death count has to be 3.5 million. What's the death count? 2.9 million. Again. And you got these clowns running all over the globe with the church bootlicking them. The church of Jesus Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit doing what they're told. Oh, thank you for my rights back. Thank you. What are you, a seal at SeaWorld? Give me another sardine. You're a son or a daughter of the living God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You shall stand. You shall stand. You stand. Don't you put that QR code on your phone. Don't you take that vaccine. That's already gotten this church banned off of YouTube for life, me saying that. Do it again. I don't care. That's why, that's why nobody will tell the truth. Because of the consequences of the truth. I'll get banned. I won't be popular. Who cares? Who cares? Now you look at where this world has gone and no pastor, they're, they're busy preaching summer playlist right now. I need to get a fresh new catalog of, of ARC message titles because I keep having to use the ones I've already got memorized. They're preaching sand and stars and naked and unafraid. Summer playlist. Biden butt kisser section three. Whatever you want, Joe, we'll do. No. He's a baby butcherer monster. That's who they are. Murderers from the beginning. You know, there's consequences to these things. Play the next one for me, guys. Okay, and then you got that gathering on June the 6th. Okay, so that's what you're under arrest for. Hey. Bye, Daddy. Bye, guys. That wasn't six months ago. 
That was June 6th. 15 months into 15 days to flatten the curve, a pastor in Canada being arrested for what? Conducting outdoor service, of which they flew a reconnaissance flight over his outdoor service, snapped pictures of it, and sent the Gestapo to his house to arrest him. Tom, how could you say that? You were a cop for 25 years. I know. I have no respect for cops who violate the Constitution, and they have a Constitution in Canada, too, and they're violating it. No respect. You make arrests for social distancing and mask wearing and conducting church services? They just arrested a pastor in Australia. You know what his official charge is on his affidavit? Inciting a church service. That's facts. Congratulations, church in America, church in Canada, for unleashing the spirit of the Antichrist all over the globe. Congratulations in the name of love. Look at us. Look how courteous we are with our masks on. I don't want anybody around me to think that I'm a threat. They can take their masks, their vaccines, their social distancing, their lockdowns. Anthony Fauci himself ball it up into a giant ball and take their own courtesy and shove it up their own cabooses. And I mean multiple times. You're like, is that the attitude of a Christian? Do you, have you ever read Jesus? Have you ever read him? I love the idol that is the modern day Jesus, the sissified Jesus. I love the idol. They might as well, again, just make it an Ezra pole and go burn incense to their false Jesus and their false Christ, which is spoken of in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. I haven't got to the message yet. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show many great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. It's happening right now. You think it'll always be some sort of spiritual thing? False prophets are the Democratic Party. False prophets are the, are the EU, the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, the International Monetary Fund. Telling you, we're going to save your lives. Look at us. Look how much we care about you. We're trying to save your life. I know, you know, three million people have died of COVID. That's not true. But three million, according to the, U, uh, the UN, three million people have died of COVID. Now listen, our response to it has killed 300 million. But look at how we saved probably, you know, half a million with what we did. They hate humanity. They're murderers from the beginning. Listen, you need to understand something. There are people around the globe that literally worship Satan. And they're the ones that are propagating COVID-19. I'm not talking about they, they just pseudo-worship Satan. I'm talking about they bend their knee to Satan himself. Don't think it's not going on because it absolutely is. How can somebody be so blind like the president of the European Union that comes up gleefully, here's mine, here's mine. They have absolutely no clue that he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. How, how can she not see it, let alone the American evangelical church? Nobody's preaching about it this Sunday. It should be preaching, because you know what? It's not over. We don't have to lose. You're not going to lose anyway. I'm just telling you, unless you want to, unless you choose not to believe the Bible, we can turn this whole thing around. We can. But you have to preach the word instantly, in season, out of season, popular or unpopular. You preach the word. 
And I mean literally and in your lifestyle, not just one or the other. Beware of the backslide. I've talked about backsliding many times, but I don't recall ever doing an entire message on it or an entire series on it. What does it mean to fall away? The reason why that the church is absolutely blind to the videos that we just saw. I want to know, the pastors that closed their churches in March and reopened them the following April, are they putting up videos of pastors being arrested? I love the Christians that go around, I'm so sick of this COVID stuff. What are you sick of? It's what you wanted. All these COVID cares, I'm tired of it now, I'm tired of it. Why? Why? I hate that Joe Biden's the president. Why do you hate it? Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. The moment you strapped on that face diaper, you ushered Joe Biden right into the presidency. The moment you acquiesced, you cannot ever give the devil an inch. He will take a thousand miles. The moment you closed your churches, you said, you know what, we're gonna license the corrupt Democratic Party to plant ballot boxes all over the, all over the United States, funded by Mark Zuckerberg, another notorious baby butcherer, that he can just put one ballot after another by the millions in there that have no signature verification, no chain of custody. So you ushered them in. You said this response to COVID was valid. You did it, church. You did it. Judgment begins with you first. You did it. I hope that you're watching. I hope this offends you. There's plenty of people that used to attend this church. Don't you complain about Biden. Go vote for him again. You're, you voted for him. Look at the camera right now. I don't think I'm ignoring you. It's the people who ran away from this church. You're probably attending whatever it is in Port Church. I should name names. <laughs> Knew this and deep that in Port Charlotte. <laughs> Cowards. Go watch our Zoom service. Zoom service. Zoom service Sunday. It's Pastor Skip Versus again. <laughs> Pastor Covert Caver. You're the ones who ushered it in. Now love it, live with it, or repent of it. It's your choice. It's your choice. You can be as offended as you want. The truth is the truth. The reason why the church can't see it, there's a difference between being backslidden and backsliding. I don't know where the modern church is. I would say the church in Canada is backslidden. And I would say that the church in America is one step behind backsliding. Because there, there are some voices in America that there isn't in Canada. There are a few. There are a few more anyway. But not many. Not many. Where, where's the church in Michigan? Just curious. Where, where are they at? Where are you at? Yeah, there it is. You're here though. Where, where, where is the church in, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in New York? Why, why did nobody stay open? Well, you know, it could affect my career. Is that what's going to matter to you at the great white throne judgment? Your career? That's what's going to matter to you? I was staring at getting arrested and getting put in my own jail. That's where they would have picked me up. If it wasn't for Rodney Howard Brown, people like me would have gone to jail. I was never going to close. Amen. 
Never. Imagine that, because the warrant would be issued out of Charlotte County. They would have trucked me up to my own jail where I put a lot of people. But the reason why the church can't see it is because the church in America is backsliding. They don't even know. They don't even, I know people from this church who don't even know. And we're, you know, we're busy, you know, we're going to this, I'm going to that, and we're going on this vacation, and this game, and that game. We got to follow the bouncing balls. They don't even know what they've caused. They're going to be shocked. That, you know, people think, that's because of coming out of Matthew 24, 36, no one knows about the day or hour, right? Or 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Why? Why will it come like a thief? We're warned in Scripture. We can, we can, know, we can know the signs of the times. So why does, it come, why, does, why does the day of the Lord come like a thief? And that's written to Christians. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. That's why. Christians will be blind to the day of the Lord. They're blind right now. It doesn't have to stay that way. We can take back our generation. Look at this church. This right here. If I was to take just this section over was as big as we were. One year and three months ago, this, that's it. This whole church, there was not a seat in here at nine o'clock. We had cars running all the way back here. If we can do that, then the worldwide church can do that. But why did we do that? Why did we do that though? Because we're unafraid to preach the gospel. That's why. That's why. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Romans 1.16. You can't be afraid. You, you, listen, everybody is afraid to tell the truth because of the consequences thereof. Well, if I don't call him a she, he a she, then, you know, you know, just give in. You know, I mean, just, just do it. Let's not make a ruckus. Well, I mean, come on. Create a ruckus. Go out there and strewn your whip of cords figuratively and drive them all out of the temple. Don't even worry about it. You just have to be gone. Paul said, I count it all as lost. What did Paul have? But whatever was to my profit, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, right? Philippians 3, 7, 3, 8. He had everything. Paul was universally loved and respected and left it. People would ooh and awe when he walked into the room. He's a Pharisee of Pharisees. A leader of many, respected, had the whole Torah memorized. Verbatim, word for word. Was number one, gave it all up. Why? Because he was knocked off a horse and confronted by Jesus himself. Maybe that's what some of us need. Just let the Holy Spirit deal with you. What does it mean to fall away? That's why the modern church is not preaching about the precursors of the mark of the beast being propagated by the European Union. They don't even know. 
That's why the day of the Lord will come like a thief to them. What is going on here? What has happened? Well, it'll all be obvious to us. Why? Because I, I, listen, in order for you to believe that COVID-19 is a legitimate response means you have not read this. Is you should be, your soul should be riveted by that. How many, how many, how many do you believe, how many Christians this morning on a percentage basis do you believe that are riveted by that? Only 3% of Americans participated in the Revolutionary War. Are you aware of that? I mean, anyway, I'm not talking soldiers. 3%. Where did I learn that from? I learned that from the owner of the Seed the Table down there in Naples, Florida. 3%. He said he kept his business open the whole time. If you don't, you need to make sure you patronize that business. Great guy. Great man. He'll be, he's going to come here one Sunday. I'm going to have him come up here and speak. 3% of Americans participated in the Revolutionary War. Total. Everybody else just sat there and did nothing. Don't let that be you. Don't let it be you. All right, let me finally get to the message. What does it mean to fall away? I'm talking about apostasy. Now you can be ominous. This may not even apply to you. You may not have fallen away. You may not be backsliding, but you need to preach this. There's people around you. I'm looking at the faces right now. You're afraid to preach it. Just let it go. Whatever is to your profit, count it as lost. It's gone anyway in the eyes of God. You might as well just get on board with the, with the program. What does apostasy mean? Where would we find the word apostasy in the Bible? 1 Timothy chapter 4 is entitled The Great Apostasy. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is entitled The Great Apostasy. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 11 through 14 are entitled Warning Against Falling Away. What does apostasy mean? A willful rejection of Christ and his teachings by a Christian believer. Let me say that again. A willful rejection of Christ and his teachings by a Christian believer. There are many denominations that will tell you once you are saved, you are always saved. That's not in here. The only way to believe that is if you don't read it. Or you read it with preconditions coming in that you just refuse to see what's really in the Bible. Apostasy cannot occur from somebody who does not believe. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first, the falling away comes first. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. 2 Timothy chapter, two, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 3 and 4. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving, e, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. And you believe you can't walk away? Who told you that? Oh, Tom, this is ominous. It's not ominous. It's the Bible. Rejoice in it. The truth is the truth. At least you know. At least maybe you'll illuminate. You'll bring light into somebody's life. Apostasy, the falling away, cannot occur to people who have nowhere to fall from. Well, they were never saved to begin with. That's what Charles Stanley will tell you. It's not the Bible. How do you fall away from that which you never had? 
Some people in this room, you need to ask yourself, have I fallen away? Why would you not? Have I fallen away? I, I, maybe the plus side and the downside of social media is that I see lots of Foundation Church refugees that are my Facebook friends. Either going somewhere else that doesn't preach the Bible or they just have no walk with God anymore. They don't even know they're gone. They don't even know they're gone. Ask yourself. Don't let that be you. Ask yourself, am I? Am I falling away? Am I backsliding or am I backslidden? And if you're neither, then get the doctrine down. Tom, isn't there such a thing, though, as fake Christians? You know, people that were never saved to begin with? Of course, that's dealt with in 1 John. But it's, uh, there's many other verses that talk about those who were actually saved and walked away, who have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Baor, who loved the wages of wickedness. 2 Peter 2.15, who have left the straight way. What are the consequences of backsliding? What are the consequences? Let's start with a simple explanation coming out of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 and 27. It tells you both what is a backslidden, what is a backslidden condition, and what are the consequences of it. You'll be told by Calvinists that sinning on earth only brings repercussions for the saved in eternity. That's not the Bible. It's exactly the opposite of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 10, 26 and 27, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. Oh, but that's only on earth. Really? But only a fearful expectation of judgment and a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. That sounds eternal to me, written to Christians. How could it be any clearer? It couldn't be any clearer. It's actually mirrored in Ephesians chapter 5, 3 through 7. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that neither whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. He's warning Christians, don't you partake within the judgment of God. And people will tell you from such and such Baptist church, from abundant this and coast that, that once you're saved, you're always saved. That's not correct. It's not the Bible. I, I'm standing in the word. You Show me your verses. Show me. You better be ready now. I've got all this memorized. You better have something in your holster. I've had people confront me at the door. Aaron witnessed one. She cried and walked away. I started rattling. It's machine gun fire. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just telling you, you know what? God has called me. I take my calling seriously. He's also called you, and you should take your calling seriously. I rigged my holster at the sheriff's office. People marveled at how fast I had a, like I could pull my gun out. It's because I rigged my holster. I had it rigged. It was like I, <laughs> you had to do this, this. You had to do a two-fold movement. I changed it to one. Boom! You better be ready. You come to me at the door. 
I won't talk to you at the door anyway, but I'm just telling you, I'll make you schedule with Heather, but you better be ready. All you get from me at the door is an hello or, all right, have a good day. I'm not going to debate you at the door. I've done it before. That's the one that Aaron saw, and she walked away crying. Because I just, here's the Bible, here's the Bible, here's the Bible. You're not going to be able to defend Calvinism with the Bible. People want Calvinism because it makes them feel good about their backslidden son. Well, he's going to heaven. He got saved when he was seven. No, he's going to die and go straight to hell. You're going to be shocked on the day of judgment. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're a nice person. It doesn't matter either. We'll get deep into that in a minute. What about the book of life, Tom? Let's look at it. Revelation 21, 27. Nothing impure will ever enter it. Everybody hear that? You know what nothing impure means? You can't be, be not either for partakers with them, written to Christians. Nothing impure will ever enter it. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, unless they said a sinner's prayer when they were four. No. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. See now, this is where I'm set, Tom. I was told by Pastor Latte Sucker. I was told by him, you know, my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life because I responded to their fresh start and new beginning altar call. You know, the, the one that's devoid of repentance. Who wants to follow Jesus this morning with a fresh start and new beginning? Lots of fresh starts on Easter Sunday morning. We had 47 fresh starts and new beginnings. So, Tom, I was set. They told me. Well, so let me ask you this. Don't answer out loud. Well, you can, but just know there'll be consequences. <laughs> just like the phone last week. People are like, what was happening with the phone? Keep your phone shut off. So once your name is written in there, can it be taken out? Yes. It's as clear as day. But entire denominations are based in that it can't. Revelation 3, 5. He who overcomes. Whoops. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. If you're living in sin right now, you're not overcoming. You actually have, if you're a Christian who's living in sin right now, you actually have a demonic faith. Because even the demons believe that and shudder. I believe in God, but I'm sinning. I believe in God, but she's just too hot. I believe in God, but I'm offended and mad at everybody. You have, a dem you have demonic faith. That comes out of James chapter 2, verse 19. You believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. You're, you're, what you have in commonality with somebody is commonality with devils. But people think it's an act. Well, I believe. He's a believer. I always ask, especially people who come up and tell me that they're dating somebody. Is he a believer? Well, yeah, he, he's a believer. Uh, is he living in sin? Are you living in sin with him? Because if that's the case... You have faith in common with devils. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels, written by Jesus Christ himself, talking to John. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 5. Your name can be blotted out. 
Where do you get that? Let's look at Romans chapter 11, verse 22. Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. Whoopsie-daisy to all the people that think they're just fine. And I want you to make sure that you understand what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that you occasionally sin. I'm not even talking about that you struggle with sin. I'm talking about that you've conceded to sin. Not, I blew it again, get it right. I blew it again, get it right. I'm not, you're going to heaven. See how sweet I am? I'm talking about that you said, you know what? Here's a sin that I'm just going to hold on to. I don't care if it's once a year. I don't care if you have slated a vacation to wherever in every year, just once a day, once, once one day per year, you all get liquored up in Las Vegas. You're going to hell for that is you've conceded to a lifestyle of sin. I warn you now, as I've warned you before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Galatians chapter five, verse 21. After he gives a long list of sins written to Christians. We might get to that, we might not. What what does obedience mean? Look, Look at me now. Is obedience a work? Is it? Or is obedience faith? Which one is it? It's faith. It's a dispelling of unbelief. Where do you get that from? Just just the Bible. Never let the Bible get in the way of your theology. Hebrews chapter 3, 18 and 19. This question is asked to the church in Jerusalem. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey, what does it mean to love God? I just love him. I just love him. I just love him. I love God. But you don't obey him. Therefore, you hate God. This is love for God, to obey his commands. 1 John 5, 3. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. John 15, 14. If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. To whom did he swear? God Almighty swears. Look at me. Swears that they will not enter his rest. Those who do not believe. Look at the second verse, verse 19. So we see then that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So obedience is what? Works or belief? It's belief, it's faith. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Romans chapter five, verse one, right? So what gives us that faith? Obedience. That is faith. Obedience is not works. It's faith. It's it's a dispelling of unbelief. It's a requirement for you to qualify as a believer, you're not a believer if you don't obey. You're not, you think you're going to heaven if you don't love God? Quiet in here. I know it shocks some of you. I get it. I know it's not what a lot of people want to hear. You know what? And the reason why the repercussions of not preaching this is a church that's been closed since last March. They have no idea. They're not riveted by COVID passes, Excelsior passes, green passes. 
The European, you walk around the European Union now? Can I go into this shop? Well, do you have the QR code? You don't think that's going to be transferred to your forehead? They won't even know it then. Coast this and abundant that. They won't even know it then. That's why they had no idea what to do when tyranny came at their door. No idea. Well, it's a disease, so we'll close. Okay, you've never seen that before. Pastor, you're 64 years old. You've been pastoring for 40 years, and you've never been asked to lock down before, and this doesn't rivet your soul? There's never been a bug? Tuberculosis kills 2 million a year. Nobody closes down for that. Let alone malaria kills one to three million a year. Nobody closes for that. Well, we don't have malaria in in America. Well, they don't close anywhere else for it either. But they close for this. From zero to 50 years of age, zero to 50, the post-infection survival rate for COVID at a minimum is 99.98%, better than the flu. From 50 to 70, the post-infection survival rate is 99.6%. Four-tenths of 1% chance of dying of COVID. And that comes from the CDC, which means the numbers are actually better than this. And that's what, you're comparing that to malaria? To tuberculosis? To heart disease, which has magically disappeared in America? Nobody has cancer, nobody has heart disease, nobody dies of the flu, nobody has the flu. And that doesn't wake up the church either. Because Jesus said in John chapter eight, verse 45, because I tell you the truth, I present to you the truth. You don't believe me. You don't believe a word I say as I present you the truth. Because it'll get in the way of your soccer game. It'll get in the way of your church growth, pastor. You preach about backsliding, that means people will leave. You're a coward. And cowards do not enter the kingdom of heaven. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. It launches with cowards. But the cowardly and the unbelieving. And the whole litany of sins, which I got it memorized, but I won't bore you with that right now. You see, you have to endure unto the end. That sounds workspace. Not workspace. It's obedient till the end. Believing till the end. That's it. You don't apostatize. Where do, you, where do you get apostasy from, Tom? That was what was going on in the church in Israel, in Jerusalem. What was happening was, is back then, this should sound eerily familiar, you could not buy, sell, or trade if you were a Christian. They kicked you out of the synagogue, which was all your connections in society. Your business closed. Sounds familiar. You, weren't, you weren't, didn't have church available, available to you anymore? That sounds familiar. So people apostatized. They walked back and said, we renounce Jesus. Do you think they're going to heaven? Do you really believe that? According to Charles Stanley and Andy Stanley, they are. Andy Stanley, who's still closed. Promised he'd stay closed all of 2021. Facts. That's the truth. 
You have to endure until the end, Matthew 10, 22. See if this sounds like you hear all the ARC church pastors saying, you know, we want to be community partners and good neighbors and trust the experts. Is this what this verse says? And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. They're not hated. I'm hated. You're hated. How many of you have torqued off your family this year? All the COVID cavers in your family. Oh, it's a threat of a lifetime. Where's the body wagon? Where, where's the body wagon? Just curious. Where, they said there's going to be bodies all over the street. Where is that exactly? Well, I know somebody who died of COVID. Everybody knows somebody who died of COVID. Let alone, but was it really COVID? Nobody knows. Mullins, the inventor of the PCR test itself, says they are completely inaccurate for viruses. But that's our primary source of determining whether somebody has COVID. And you're only supposed to have 30 revolutions on that test. And it was over 40 for COVID. They spun your genetic material so much that if you had a common cold in 1994, it came back as COVID positive. Because common colds are coronaviruses. Those are absolute facts. It's all coming out now. I've been kicked off social media for saying things like that, just like I did for lab leak theories. And now everybody's so, oh, uh, okay. And now Facebook's now pulling back all the people they kicked off for vaccination things and lab leak theories. Our conspiracy theories. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Your goal is not to be loved. Your goal is to love. Not be loved. Pastor skinny jeans with his holes in his jeans at right, the right locations 53 years old, trying to look like he's 21, so he can appeal to the cool crowd. You look like a galactic idiot. Just dress like me. It's over, okay? You're not 21. (laughs) Pick yourself some nice age-appropriate clothes. Pull your head out of your own caboose and start acting your age. Get the medallion off your stupid neck. Button your shirt to the top. Nobody wants to see that anyway. You're a beta male with no muscle anyway, so just button it to the top and hide it. You are a founding member of, ne- of, the, of the Never Should Be Seen Without a Shirt Club. So button it up. Make that top button as tight as your jeans are. Matthew 24, 13. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Revelation 3, 10. Because you, have kept my, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole earth. Guess what that means? It doesn't mean we're pre-tribbers, by the way. This we're not. I read the Bible. Don't you think Jesus would have told you that he's coming back twice? for the secret disappearance, and then another one at the end. He comes back once, and it's about 60% of the way through the Great Tribulation. Read the Bible and stop watching videos. You will not find the great disappearance in the Bible. You will find the rapture in the Bible. One time he comes back, not twice. Then we'll be called up in the air. There will be tribulation for that existing church. The level at which we can argue. Think about it. 
How's the church going to respond to that when they couldn't respond to a flu bug? I'm talking the great tribulation. Hailstones falling from the sky that are the size of millstones. Tommy, that's not what I've taught. I was taught that we're all going to disappear. I know. I know that's what you've been taught. But did you read it or were you taught it? Blessed is he who reads and keeps the words of this testimony. Revelation 1 3. Revelation 3 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and not and will not have their name blotted out from the book of life. Revelation 3.21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. 1 Peter 4.17, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Here's the parts you need to listen to. 1 Peter 4.18 and 19, and if it is hard for the righteous to be saved. Tom, wait, I said the sinner's prayer. I said it, but it says if it's hard for the righteous, the saved to be saved. It's because you can't just say it one time and go off and live however you want to live. You can't even be, I live, you know what, I got saved, I lived solid for 10 years, but for the last 14, I've been living in sin. You're going to die and go straight to hell that way. Straight to hell. Tom, I've never heard anybody preach like this. This is the way everybody used to preach. That's why we are in the midst of the beginnings of sorrows and the great falling away. People aren't even dealing with this today. In churches, nothing. This is being dealt with. Nobody is going to be able to shout up from hell to me and say, Pastor Tom, you never taught me. They're not going to be able to say it while they're down there in those caverns full of fire and worms for eternity, shouting up to me, asking me to quench their thirst. They will never be able to say, Tom, you never told me. Because I'm telling you, if you're living in sin right now, I don't care how many sinners' prayers you said. I don't care about your resume. I am so sick and tired of Christians and their resumes. First of all, I just want to answer them all. What am I, chopped liver? They come up to me and they give me their resumes about all they've done at all their prior churches. They don't do here, including they don't give. And I just want to say, congratulations. You're going to build a monument to yourself? And what am I, chopped liver? Were you retired? Hmm, what, what book's that in? I retired as a believer. My mother-in-law right now, Norma, is teaching a Bible study. She's not retired. Let the old advise the young. Let the old advise the old. I don't care who goes to her Bible study. There's no retirement. When you're 120, climb the mountain and die. You follow me. We'll be out in Wyoming together. We'll grab hands, even if we're men. We'll crawl up the mountain, find a nice little snowy place, lay down and die. With our eyesight fully functional and our strength not abated. To live as Christ, to die as gain at that moment. You have to endure until the end. If it is hard for the righteous to be saved... But I said a sinner's prayer. Yes, that's the launching point. But you will decide whether or not you hold on to that salvation. And believe me, you don't know how many people, you don't know how many 
messages that I'm going to get from the Calvinists today. Don't bother, by the way. You're not going to ever change me. I read the Bible. You don't. Every single time I get into a debate, I pick like a debate like once a year with a Calvinist. And I just send them one Bible verse after another. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 14. Argue with me. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their back on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. Argue with me. Come on, bring it on. Bring it on. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Explain to me. I send them all this all the time. Well, they were never saved to begin with. Explain to me how they, what they fell away from then moron you choose it moron means to be morally corrupt for the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils first timothy 4 1 explain that away calvinist go ahead explain it away calvinist will you deliberately keep on sinning that verse i told you earlier They'll say that was written to Jews only. Jews only, really. What's the verse before? To not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. That's written to Jews. <laughs> you have to be stupid. Stupid means willfully knowing the facts and rejecting them. 99.9% survival rate. Mask me. Separate me, lock me down, allow me to have my freedoms back as you see fit, slave master. You have to choose to be that dumb. You have to endure until the end. Don't let the liars tell you different. Where do you get that from? Jude 3 and 4. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and to urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people for certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago of secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality. Does that not sound like the embodiment of Calvinism? To say, you know what? Believe in God and live however you want, and you're still going to heaven? Who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality? Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy that depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Yeah, it's way easier to not preach about backsliding. I don't necessarily particularly enjoy the subject matter, but I love the word of God, so I have great fervency over it. You don't, people will come and take you captive. 99.9% .9 of the world's evangelical churches closed for a flu bug. It's not even a flu bug, it's a cold bug. 
It's a common cult with about the exact same percentages of death, barring over 80 with comorbidities. Which are killed all the time at the same level with by pneumonia. But nobody will pay attention to the facts. They just acquiesce because they have no spiritual discernment. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Most Christians are just natural people. They're not run by the Spirit of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Romans 8, 14. This is what happens to everybody. Ready? They hear the word of God preached to them at some point in time. Almost everybody on the planet will hear the Bible preached to them. I want you to know it's the most important thing in the world. A lot of people, they think their kids are. Their acquisition of this, the future. What are we going to have in the future? You're going to be empty in the future. I love the song that we sing, without it, there is no meaning. The presence of the Lord, you're going to find out the hard way or the easy way. There's no meaning without the presence of the Lord. Forget it. You, life, you will be empty. You finally got your chateau in Gatlinburg. The Mecca of all Floridians that they think brings happiness. The cabin in Gatlinburg. I'm bad-mouthing. That's what, I love it too. I love it. I just know it's not going to bring me happiness. The presence of God will. But every single Christian... It, it, with the sole exception, if you, you look at it, it's Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. What happens to those who do not receive the preaching of the gospel? They never hear the gospel. You know, there's people that will never hear the preaching of the gospel, right? It's true. What happens to them? They just automatically go to heaven? No, God judges them by their conscience. Again, obedience. It's all facts, it's Romans. Chapter 1, 18 through 30, 32, men without excuse, even without the gospel. Study the word. That's why Christians are so vulnerable. I put that on Facebook. The church will fall for anything because they do not know the Bible. So everyone hears the word preached to them for the most part. And then you have to decide. There's people watching it right now. I'm giving them Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse, and they choose their Sunday morning, their Sunday school teacher over the Bible. They're doing it right now. Because the consequences of standing in the word is too big. It's too much. I don't want those consequences. That means my kids aren't saved. And I really want to believe that my kids are saved. You know what? If your kid's not saved, they're not saved. You can tell yourself they are all you want. Well, if I believe what you're telling me, Tom, that means that people that I know that have died... They're not in heaven, they're in hell. That's not, it's not going to change by you not believing the Bible. If they're in hell, they're in hell. And that may sound harsh to you, but the truth is the truth. So we hear the gospel and we hear it preached to us. This is out of John chapter 6, 53 through 68. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Ouch. First of all, ooh. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. You know what everybody's thinking there? This is some sort of cult. 
and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. It's like, enough, Jesus. He's doing it for a reason. And I in him, as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me, feeds on me, will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead, he who eats the bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. He's preaching in church. They know who he is. They chose their own doctrine instead. Don't let it be you. On any level. The next section of scripture is entitled, Many of the Disciples Turn Away. Therefore, many of his, verse 60, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? It's like Tom talking about backsliding. It's like Tom saying, you know what, stand up, take that mask off your face. Whatever you bind is bound, whatever you loose is loose. Stand. Blotting names out of the book of life. Who can understand this? It's the Bible. If it's Jesus saying it, who cares? Believe it. He says, eat. Where do I eat? Where do I line up? Do you want me to eat off the hamstring? You want me to eat off your scalp? What do you want? It's Jesus. Line me up. Give me my fork. Give me my knife. What do I do? It's Jesus. Glad to eat. Go ahead. What do we need to do? Tap you like you do a syrup tree? Get that blood out? Let's go. I'll drink it. (sighs) Hannibal Lecter, baby. I'm on it. (laughs) It's Jesus. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Most Christians are run by offense. If it offends you, that's it. That's the, that's the line of demarcation. If it offends me, I'm out. I'm done. What you should be saying is, if the Bible commands it, that's, that's the thing I do. Bible commands it, that's, that, is, that is what I do. Period. What then, Jesus said, if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Verse 64. But there are some of you who do not believe. Now who is he talking to? This is a section of scripture entitled many of his disciples. There are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were. It's not just Judas who they were, who did not believe, and who would betray him. They're following him around, enjoying the miracles and the free bread and fish. But when it came to, that should sound, oh, that should sound eerily familiar too. And by the way, let me just say this to all you non-tithers that are conservative everywhere but the church. And you're a welfare recipient inside the church. This isn't for free. I'm not for free. The lights aren't for free. Aaron's not for free. The piano's not for free. This building is $7,000 a month, and you don't tithe? Explain to me why. 
go ahead, and you better bring the Bible with you, because I already know. Just go vote for Biden if you're going to be a church welfare recipient. Don't give me your excuses. I can't afford to tithe. Will a man rob God? Test him in this? You know what happened to this church the moment we started tithing? We're out of here in 17 minutes. That includes altar call. Everybody still with me? All right. What happened to this church when this church started tithing? A woman who I offended told me to tithe. She's left now. Missed the whole thing. Because she's a goofball. She came up and told me one time, have you ever considered tithing the church's money to another ministry? And I was like, no, not really. Didn't get that. I tithe my own money without hesitation all the time, every dime, every dime I make. And not just 10%. The biggest givers in this church, the top three every year, is Hope and I and two other people. Ever for the entire life of this church. I practice what I preach. I practice what I preach. So what's, why wouldn't somebody, why, why wouldn't somebody tithe? But what happened to us when we did? Well, let's see. Last year, what's today? June 27th, right? So June 27th of 2020, we'd started to grow. We still had one service. Easily fit in here. I went up to Jonathan Shuttlesworth at the stand. Not, I don't know what month it was, round about this time. And I went up to Jonathan and I said to him, we were walking out to the parking lot. And I said, you know what I'm going to do is I said, I'm going to start tithing off of my ministry to the River Church and to Revival Today, which is Jonathan. And said, we're going to tithe. At that time, we probably had $40,000 in the bank. One year later, we have $600,000 in the bank. One year. One year later. One year. And we spend money. We had to spend a lot of money around here. Tons of money. We spent it. We had to spend 20, we were spending 25,000 bucks to update our sound system. 25,000, Aaron just wrote the check. You wait and see what we're going to look like in a month. Well, by the end of August, what we'll look like live and in person to update our sound system. And it'll make it so, so everybody knows out there we'll have live worship finally. You have the right, you got to have the right deal. You have the right stuff in place to do that. But that's what you do. Explain to me why you don't tithe. Come on. I've had a bank write me a letter. It's all right. Stay with me. They got to go. They got to go. Love you guys. Glad you came. Hope you're not offended. Get that door for me, somebody. They're going to leave that open. You're awesome, brother. Thank you. Explain to me why you don't tithe. There's no reason. Will a man rob God? That's the Bible. Malachi 3, 8 through 11. Read it for yourself. Tom's after my money. I get paid, I get paid exactly the same no matter what the offering is. Got quiet in here. Love of money is the root of all evil. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Start it up. How would you like your finances to change like that? 
40,000 to 600,000 in one year. That's not going to happen by you holding on to it. That means you love money. That means you love your own lordship. Do what I do. First thing I do, no matter what I receive, no matter what I receive. I've had Pastor Rodney call me on the phone twice. Hey, I'm giving you $10,000. Do whatever you want with it. It's for you. Hey, hey, I'm giving you $15,000. It's just for you. Do whatever you want with it. What do I do? Hold on to it? (laughs) No. Give it away. Give it to God. The first $10,000 he gave me, I just gave it all to the church. Some of you would never, you got $10,000, you'd go home and burn incense to it. Oh, ah, ah. Now, let me get spiritual again. And he said, verse 65, John 6, 65. And he said, therefore, I said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back from one sermon, one sermon. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. That may happen here because I dare talk about your money. I don't know who gives anything in this church. I have no idea whether you tithe or not. The only way it ever comes across to me is if I think of hiring somebody, hope will tell me they don't pay tithe. I ain't gonna hire you here then. You ain't gonna teach a Bible study here. (laughs) You think you're gonna teach here and not give? No, not gonna happen. That's when it comes up. Hey, so-and-so wants to teach a Bible study. Oh, really? Okay, hey, Hope, do they give? No, all right. That just cost me a couple members right there. Go back to the ark church. They won't ever say anything. They're like, they'll let you teach anything. <laughs> hey, we're having a Bible study and it's centered around Monopoly, the board game. All right, great. Go have fun. It's excellent. It's awesome. It's fun. <laughs> so Jesus goes to the 12, verse 67. Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You need to keep that in mind here. If the Bible offends you, don't go. are you going to go to a place that doesn't preach or are you going to stick with it? So where are you going to go? Are you going to run away from the Bible because I'm on you about tithing? This is a great giving church. We're way above average, but there's still more than half this church that doesn't tithe. Think about what we could do if we did. You know, we can talk about buildings all we want. We got a building. Our minimum cost for a building for a church this size is three million bucks. Facts. That's the truth. We got over 500 people come to this church per Sunday. What are you going to build? What do you think it costs? I don't see the sufferings here this morning, but she's a builder. To clear, are they there? Are they here? Oh, there she is. She's usually in a clump of humanity, so I don't see her sitting by herself. Usually with the girls and with Todd. She, we asked Karen, what will it cost to clear a you know, big piece of acres, five acres, clear it. She told us one, one to $1.5 million just to clear it, to prep it, to build on it. That's the way it is. And we're going to what? I mean, we're we just going to make that appear, or is that supposed to come through you? Oh, Tom might steal. Well, then I'll go to hell. You worried about a pastor stealing your money? Well, they'll go to hell. 
If you gave it, then it's seed. It will come back to you. Ten times what you sowed. Even if the pastor took it, he's out in the Caribbean right now fishing for blue marlin on your dime from Pastor Appreciation Day that you never should have gave him to begin with. I'm just picturing a fat guy in the back of a boat laughing at all of his congregation. <laughs> I'll finish with this. Nine minutes to go. Luke 18, 18, starting in Luke 18, 18. So you get the word of God preached to you and then you decide. Right? You decide what to do with tithing. You decide whether you can backslide or not. Go ahead. I gave you the word. I did my job. Now a certain, certain ruler asked him, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So he's asking the Bible. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. John 1.1, 1, 1, John 1.14, 1 John 5.7. There you go. So he's asking the Bible. Bible. What should I do to inherit eternal life? So the Bible says to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. So what's he doing? Making him identify him. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, the rich young ruler said, oh, thank God. All these things I have kept from my youth. Yes. You believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. So when the Bible heard these things, when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. That's telling you that, right? So what do you do? You respond, right? You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Drink my blood, eat my flesh, tap my blood veins, and drink my blood. Sell all that you have, whatever you want, Lord. My Lord said unto me, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy, thy face, Lord, I will seek. What you tell me to do, I will do. Where you say go, I'll go. So Jesus said, simply just sell all that you have. Think you got kind of an Abraham and Isaac situation going on here? Lay your son down. Sell all that you have. Come follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. He responded to the Bible. And he said no. You can do that unto hell, or you can do that in specific segments of material, like healing, like prevention, like when you're presented with tyranny. When you're presented with, here's a very survivable virus, what shall we do with it? You Bible, the Bible tells you the answer. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. No plague shall draw near thy dwelling. You took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. You respond with the Bible, or you do not. And if you say, I, I, I believe the Bible, but you have to use wisdom, you're rejecting the Bible. Finishing with this. Worship team, you guys make your way. That way, everybody trusts me. You honestly believe that I am finishing. I watch the clock the whole time. It's huge right behind you. 109. 
You guys get a bonus, 15 minutes. The first service doesn't get, although I kept them right to the bitter end today. The question is, when you hear the word, what will you do? And I'm not talking about Bible verses that you like. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Oh, that's good. That's literally like saying to me, it's literally like me fasting broccoli. That's my offering. I'm fasting this month. I'm fasting lima beans. I currently am on a, my mother forced me to eat them when I was 10. So I am on a 42-year fast of lima beans right now. I've carried it on 42-year fast that I've maintenanced without fall. 42 years, I have not eaten one lima bean. It means nothing. I'm talking about verses that bother you. Do you think that I read the Bible and it doesn't bother me? It bothers me. But I choose it anyway. I'm talking about that piece of the word that offends your theology. Wait, if, if I believe that, then I have wasted giant clumps of my life believing something that wasn't true. Well, just accept it because that's the fact. And then hearken back to the word again where you have better as one day in his presence than a thousand wrong. James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Here's the, I wrote down, this is where I'm closing, four things. I'm going to do it quick because we're leaving at 115. It's 111. You have four responses to the word of God. Number one, James 1.22, listening to the word and not doing what it says and deceiving yourself. And that goes with anything in any area. Number two, 2 Timothy 3, 7, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. People endlessly listening to verses that confront them, they just get used to being confronted. Never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Number three, Hosea 4, 6, Luke 18, 18, hear the word and reject it. Not for me. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you, Hosea 4, 6. Or number four, this is out of Galatians chapter one, verse six. They just find something else. And Paul wrote this. And think, I think that this was, and this is where I'm closing. This was a letter of heartbreak from Paul to the Galatians. I marvel, Galatians 1, 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. I believe the Bible, but you have to use wisdom. That's a different gospel. Whatever the Bible does, Jesus says, tap my vein, what do you do? Tap his vein. What if it grosses you out? Tap it again. Jesus says, I want you to eat my fingers, eat my flesh, eat it. They went, they were disgusted by it, so they just left. When you're confronted by the word, choose what it says and love God. Amen? Amen? Stand with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin 
confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.